Welcome back to Out of Range. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. It's been a little while. It's been a while. What have you been up to? Oh, what haven't I been up to? Nothing in particular, I don't think. You? Um, the usual. There's, running. Yeah. Testing. Y- you know, it's funny when we do these episodes, there's always like some pivotal event that happens with us regarding type 1 diabetes. And I don't think anything has happened. Well, I got my G6. You did. My Dexcom G6. That's you did. Pivotal. <laughs> How pivotal? Life changing. Has it been? Mm, kind of. Okay. Talk about it. So I don't want to get into too much detail. Why? I'm going to say why. So my G6 came and I still had plenty of G5 supplies. Um, and it seems silly to like waste that because I knew I, if I started a G6 transmitter, mm-hmm. I was going to go back to the G5 afterwards. And so it was kind of just like sitting there staring at me like, daring me to use it and just get rid of those G5 supplies that I had paid so much money for, right? Um, I mean, there are people in need of those, like my true. S- myself. Yeah, you I, you got plenty of supplies. <laughs> so what I thought would be interesting was to put the G6, while I was still wearing my G5, put mm. the G6 on a coworker who doesn't have type 1. But she's pre... She has a family history of type 2. So she has a, what they call pre-diabetic level A1C, which is like 5.6. Must be it's nice. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think up to 5.5, you're like normal. Okay. And then 5.6 to 5.9... You're pre-diabetic. And then once you're over six. You're fucked. It's over. <laughs> By the way. There, there will be, be some cursing. Bad <laughs> language on this episode. Uh, we're not going to believe it. That was your warning. <laughs> There's a shot across the bow. It was quick. Sorry, kids. <laughs> I'm sorry. If your parents didn't turn that off, but they should know by now. <laughs> so... So had she ever done anything like this before? So when she got her A1C, which was 5.6 last fall, so almost a year ago, mm-hmm. um, her mom has type 2, you know, her extended family on her mom's side, a lot of type 2. So she and she knows me. So she gets the whole test your blood sugar, count your carbs kind of thing. Right. She's been around it. Yeah. So I gave her an old meter of mine. Um, some lancets, some test strips. And she would like, you know, once a day or maybe a couple of times a day, like before and after lunch, like test. Let's see. And we were pretty quickly able to figure out like foods that were bad. Foods that like obviously are bad. But it's one thing to know that it's right, bad right, right. and it's one thing to like see the effect see it and then yeah. be like oh that is really bad you know which is it's funny because it's a similar way for when you first when you have type one you first get a dexcom and you like test before breakfast you go to i don't know ihop mm-hmm. you get your chocolate chip pancakes you ihop 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 <laughs> and then 
you know, six hours later, when it's like lunchtime, you test again and you're like, oh, I'm 180. Okay. And you don't really see what happens in between there. Right? Right. And so for all you know, you started, you know, 120 at breakfast. You went up to like 300 and slowly and no came idea. back down. It's the same. Um, actually, I have a similar situation where the woman that I nanny for is pregnant. And last time she was pregnant with the child I watched, she had gestational diabetes. Oh. And this time they're like, you need to watch out. You need to watch out. And she's like, I'm so grateful that I have you because it's things that I, as soon as I, it's like I have certain foods in my mind that just have a red X on them because I'm like, don't eat them. They're going to screw up your blood sugar. Yeah. But for normal people who don't deal with this, it's like roasted potatoes. Most people don't see those as like a giant bowl of X. Do not yeah. go towards them because they're going to completely make you go high and for her she's like so like potatoes are fine i'm like no like they're not because this is what happens and it's so weird seeing but sweet potatoes are okay sure i mean look, okay hi guys see make, logo, see make. it's so weird seeing how someone thinks and also about food quantity it's right like, oh one potato is okay but not the entire bowl of roasted exactly potatoes. or just like bread like certain like yeah very specific foods where i am just like i completely stay away from yeah and she just they don't have any idea because why would they? No. And it's like she's asking me about all these foods, like, can I eat this? Can I eat this? And I'm like, no, like, absolutely not. What are you doing? And she's like, I'm just learning. Like, I'm just, this yeah. is the first, like. Well, because when you don't see that process, you don't realize. You don't understand. Yeah, you just figure, oh, my blood sugar is fine. And in a way it is when you're normal. Like, your your body takes care of it. But if you have any kind of predisposition to type 1 or type 2, mm then you're kind of just like playing with fire, right? Yeah. It's like, do you really want to wear out your pancreas by having a bowl of potatoes every night? And sure, your body's doing fine right now, but at some point, you, if, you're, if your body is secreting that much insulin, you start becoming resistant to it, right? Okay. So... So she puts this Dexcom on. Well, so so before then, like we're experimenting with foods, uh, the worst thing, and we were like trying things like she didn't, I mean, she's a healthy person, so she didn't want to like mess with Eat her body. chocolate cake every night? Before. Yeah, just to see. But yeah. uh, one of the things that we tried was a Frappuccino. <gasps> bad. Oh. Bad, bad, big bad. Big red X. Bad. Big red X. Apparently, they don't make skinny Frappuccinos anymore. How could they? How could they stop? No, how could they oh. make a skinny version? Well, they they used to have some kind sugar of like sugar-free thing. But they switched to this like – because I tried to order one after with this experiment. So I was like, I'm not eating a, drinking a Frappuccino. And I, they like changed the ingredients because it, it used to be less natural. And now they want more natural ingredients. And because you can't get natural – Mm. artificial sweetener <laughs> right by definition um they just don't offer it so okay. you're just kind of sol so what happened when you had one what what flavor it was, was it? uh i don't know it might have been caramel mocha no i think it's like mocha. it wasn't anything like too bad it wasn't like a triple caramel with like extra caramel and then some like caramel on top because i've seen those this was just like a grande I don't know, mocha frappuccino. And when she tested it, it was like the highest she had ever seen her blood sugar that had ever read on What was it? It was like 160 or something like that, which isn't high, but for a normal person. Yeah. And if you're used to being in the, at the most in like the low hundreds, 
Iscariot. So she hasn't had one since. So, so this was going to be kind of a fun experiment. I was like, and I didn't really know if she would say yes or not because, <laughs> you know, the Dexcom is pretty intrusive and it's scary to put on. And that's why I was like, oh, you do the G6. It's smaller. It's painless insertion. Um, and to that point, we, we ended up doing two 20 days, two sensors. Um, it was painless half the time. So once. So once of the two times. <laughs> so some people might have better luck with the pain. Could have just been a bad spot. True. Um, but it was super interesting. And what else did you learn from it? Oh, we learned so much stuff. Like, but just do like the bullet points of what affected her and what didn't that you so, thought was there anything that affected or that didn't affect so her that you, you want to know the the biggest thing yeah uh the biggest thing was actually pms that makes sense to me like 100 percent. the first when we first put it on it was the week before mm-hmm. she's going high all the time that, but that's what happened to she, type one. She ate, if she ate dinner, any carbs at dinner, she would go high and she'd come right out and she would just stay high all night. And then as soon as it ended, and we were like freaking fine. out because we were like, oh my God, like you can't eat this, you can't eat this. I was like, okay, you right, can't, right. Eat dinner, can't eat dinner after 5 p.m. <laughs> or, or you can't eat like carbs after 5 p.m. You can't eat these kinds of carbs, you can't do this and that. And then the next week, normal. And like we saw in her clarity chart, her like average A1C just, or not average A1C, average. Um, blood sugar. Blood sugar. Just like drop. Yeah. And we were like, okay, but let's look happen- at the one week. Then yeah. let's look at the two week. And then even at the end of the two weeks, we looked at it and we looked at like the two week average, the 14 days, mm-hmm. which doesn't make any more sense now. I guess it right. doesn't matter. But. Versus like 48 hours. It was like 20 points different. But that would happen before I was on birth control. I would know because I w- wouldn't start at the same time every month. I would know every time I was about to start because I couldn't keep my blood sugars down. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. God, it's about to come. That's like my that was like my telling point. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's, and it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Like the effect. It's annoying. I mean, we saw the after and then the before. Right. And it was scary it made me like have a whole new respect for girls with oh. type one because i'm like oh it's hard enough already and let's just like throw this other factor in yeah, there once like, a month yeah this like literal it's like monkey wrench that just like because then it would be like the week before you start and then the second week you have to like recover from it and figure everything else out again i know some it's like people two weeks out of the month <laughs> who have a different basal profile yeah i'm sure for each week of the month. Yeah. Fuck so that up. was a big thing. So what we're going to do mm-hmm. is. She's not going to get her period anymore. Yeah. We've stopped it. <laughs> we just said no. Um, there were a lot of really interesting things we learned. Go. I want to hear more. No. Sincerely. Why? Because I'm going to interview her. Oh, okay. 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 Fair enough. And you're going to be able to find it. Okay. On this channel. Beta oh. Cell. Okay. But we're, so you know how Out of Range is like our second show. This is your third? This is going to be a third show. (gasps) And it's going to be conveniently called 
the threes. Okay. And it's going to be interviews of people with type one to people without type one. So beta cell is is me and then someone with type one. This is going to be a type one, type three. Someone with type one interviewing someone without type one. Or vice versa. Just a conversation between the two with the two of them. Okay. So like I think that's a great idea. Or James and Becky. James and Becky. No one knows who either of those people are. Everyone knows who James is at this point. Um, it could be friends. Yeah, friends, cousins, family members, cats. You no. and your mom. Yeah. I know Laura's mom listens. <laughs> Every episode. Would you like to be on? Oh my god. Oh, Laura's, <laughs> Laura's scared. Right. <laughs> okay, we'll make it happen. Oh my god, That'll this is something you two. definitely should have cleared with me before putting out. Um. We'll talk about this later. So, yeah. No, I'll see. The threes is going to be here soon. Exciting. If you want, and then what I'm going to do yeah. is I have a microphone and a box. And if anyone out there wants to interview someone, significant other, family member, everything we just mentioned, uh, I'll ship it to you. You record it and then send me the audio file and the microphone back. The please. two people will share the one microphone? Yeah. Yeah, please send the microphone back because then I won't be able to have a microphone yeah. <laughs> during these. Yeah. I think that's amazing. It's going to be cool. Yeah. I don't think anything's been done like that before. I, there, I haven't heard of anything like that. We should wait to put this out no. until I've trademarked the idea. No, no, no. It's going to be really out. cool. It's going to be really cool. Yeah. I think Can I'll I? do a different... Ooh. What? My sister's coming to town this weekend. Yes! She was the first person to follow me on Dexcom. Yes. Perfect. And if you Jennifer would be perfect. If you follow um Jen Stitches. Jen Stitches here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, if you if you follow me and Laura, maybe you've seen these um subversive these, like, diabetes in- cross stitches. Incredibly amazing and hilarious cross stitches. She did one that said the world's okayest diabetic. It's pretty funny. It was a hit. Yeah. The She's orders, on Etsy. I, yeah. You can go on Etsy and order it. We'll tag her. We'll put her in. She's got another one now. Uh, test, eat, repeat, mm-hmm. which I think is awesome. And it's amazing I because you th- you think one. this girl was diabetic and she's absolutely yeah. not. She's just like our number one. <laughs> she's Craig's number little, one supporter. Yeah, her little niche. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should do something with her. Yeah. And then sure. uh, every time I go low, urgent low, because she follows me, she sends me a gif of food or someone eating. Mm-hmm. So our whole chat history is... I'm sorry. Predominantly, Laura's just dropping things everywhere. <laughs> this is the second time I've dropped I think it's because you're on your third drink. I, Craig. Um, also, my blood sugar is... Oh, I thought it was spiking, but it just leveled off. Like I was that. spiking too, but I just leveled off the second. Um, and you took insulin. I did. I took one extra unit. You're in trouble. No, I, I, you guys, I'm dropping things because I take a sip of my drink with a, which has a bunch of ice in it. So the glass is cold and wet, and then I pick Anyway. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the threes coming yeah. soon to a theater near you. To a podcast that you're to a headphone near to. you. A headphone near you. Yeah, or car Just radio. One. To a speaker near you. Perfect. Done. Um, Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, 
So where were we before this? Oh yeah, so I'm wearing the G6 now. Yeah, tell me about it. I um, I was very envious of everyone getting it. Actually, like in a very I was like as soon as she was way. done, she was like, she was done, and I was like, okay, perfect. Now I can try. Um, there were a few times when she was on it that we test that she tested to see how accurate it was, um, and it was off sometimes. I don't know. We didn't test a lot. But like a few times we did, and it was like way off, and we're but like, "Oh, that's weird." You haven't been testing at all with it. I did like the first day, and now you're just completely. But okay, I let mean, me... this is this is my thought. It's it's that's the selling point, right? No, I know, but it's scary to me. It's and even tonight, quote, you said, "I feel lower than it says that I am," and yeah. I said, "Well, why don't you just test and see?" And you said, "No, I don't have to. It's a G six." <laughs> And I said, no, but maybe just, but j- just Part of it's kind of like a good story because like if- Is it? I mean- I would test, I, well, you, what did you just call me earlier? A, compu- a compulsive tester? I called you something. It might so, have been okay. worse than that. No, it wasn't worse than that. I just test constantly with yeah. my G5, which is usually accurate. Well, if you've heard about past you, episodes, it's not yeah. always accurate. But for the most part, but yeah. yeah, I just test. You test all the time. So I, when I, well, when I did test on the first day, it was, it was like close. And I was like, okay, fine. But like, if the whole point is that they developed this so that we don't have to calibrate, and the FDA yeah, has approved just... it so that we don't have that we can make dosing decisions off of it, therefore, I can just live my life off of this. I and know, I know that, other people with the G six who just one hundred percent trust that it. would just go against everything that I every instinct that and I to have. Think of how much better your fingers would look. Okay, you guys, the other day, Craig sent me a text in the group text, and all it said was, let me preface this with I do not change my Lancet as much as I should. How often do you change your Lancet? It's not, that's not a question because I don't have an answer for you. Never. He said, that's not true. I do. Once a month? I don't know, Craig. That's not the point. The point is, I don't change enough. And Craig sent this uh, text to me in the group chat saying, Laura, can you send me a photo of your fingers? Or your fingertips. And I immediately knew he wanted to see, like, my bad one. So I sent it. But I had no idea why he wanted it. So I'm, like, bugging him. And he's not answering me. So I sent the photo. And I'm like, why did you want a photo of my fingertips? And I'm repeatedly asking him. And finally he goes, I wanted to show someone what it looks like if you don't change your lancet. Because my fingers are. And then you said, okay, that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you change your lancet? It's no reason. Can you describe your fingertips? (laughs) My fingertips are so fucked that when I'm driving and I touch them to my steering wheel, I flinch and I have to pull them off because I feel like um, the three fingers on my right hand are bruised beyond So you belief. only use I use the fingers. same three fingers on my right How many times hand. a day do you think you test? Six, at least. I think you tested six times since you've been here. Okay. And it's only been like two hours. So ten. <laughs> Six to ten. Why do you only use the same finger? That's a really good question because I only test on my right hand, but I'm I'm right-handed, so you'd think that I would use my poker and test my left hand. I test sometimes on my left hand, I want to say, but okay. they don't look nearly as bad as these guys. You, it, my right hand has scabs. I shouldn't be talking about this because I just did that post about Gentile, which is this amazing lancing <laughs> device, and this is not sponsored. I do have it. It's this crazy... Uh, Vacuum. No, I wasn't going to say that. Oh. Yeah. The, the, no, the device is incredible. I actually did a challenge when they first sent me one. And for two weeks, I used it. And my fingers, the same fingers that were just as bad, had completely healed. 
And it was just like change. I mean, I'm just so used to using my original so one. So if you wanted to. I could use that. You could use that. Yeah. Or change different my fingers. Yeah. Or. Yeah, I'm not. Also I'm not sitting here saying, music. feel sorry for me. I don't have any options. No. <laughs> I know that I'm doing this to myself. But if it's you're already like, at the point where it hurts when you, your yeah. fingers touch the steering wheel when you drive, like yeah. at what point. It's do you like decide it's too far? It's when your fingers I think I have fall this off? like weird thing of like rebellion in me where I'm just like refuse to give in to certain uh, – instead of like trying to improve my diabetic life, life I'm just like well, I'm not going to change this because I don't want this to be happening. And maybe if I pretend it's not happening, it'll get better kind of thing. I just keep doing it. Every time I do it, I'm like, why did you use that hand again? You can – there's like scabs put, forming on my fingers. I have fingers. an idea for you. What? Just put Band-Aids on those fingers. And then when you go to test it, you can't. That's good because I used to put, uh, you know, that nail polish that tastes really bad over my fingernails because I bite my fingernails too. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could do and like a I'd... new skin if you don't want the actual Band-Aid, you know, that new skin stuff. that like. Yeah, there are options. Just put it on. Just and then when you go to do it, it, you'll poke and you'll be like, oh, there's no blood because that's not my skin. And yeah. And even. And then it would change. Yeah. That's how habits change by forming new habits. Anyway, this episode is not about my. This episode is a hundred percent not about changing my habits. Um, it is about changing lancets. That's not what this episode is. About. I, I think I think a lot of people. I even a lot of people don't change lancets. No, and my poker. I call it a poker. I don't know what you guys call it. Um, it, it it's device. breaking. Not my genteel. That is beautiful and pristine, Your, and I love it. My the the one I have it's like a one touch little mini one. It's so old that when I go to test, it doesn't even like click. click. So then I have to take off the cap. And today I was doing that. I'm like, it's not even clicking. I take off the cap and I'm staring at my old lancet. And it's I'm like, like curl. And I'm right? like, now is the time. Yeah. If you're ever gonna change it, you're staring at it. And what do you did carry I do? With you? I didn't. I just put the cap back on and yeah. I wound it up to a higher number. No. So do I carry so, lancets so, with me? So no. Your fingers. Get scabbed, and so you just have to keep increasing. Yeah, but I might be at my highest. I might be at my highest. Well, what's the next option? Just a dying. Just a steak knife. You just cut it. Can I tell you something? A scalpel. I was with. uh, He doesn't listen. I was with Appleton. Okay. At lunch the other day, and he forgot the syringe. Right. He forgot. No, he normally has a lancing device on him, and he forgot it. And I just stared at him, like, in complete and utter shock as he took his syringe and just poked his finger until it bled enough to test his blood sugar. I had to look away. It was very hard to watch. But Sam I guess- Talbot does that. Why? One of the co-founders of Why? One. Why? I don't know. There's a video of him doing it. Why? And I don't though? think they ever answered why. Maybe it's I need the why. Carry. I need the why. It's like, oh, I already got a needle. Like, just use it for everything. It's a much different feel of, like, I'm staring at this needle. It's like the G5 versus the G6. The I, G5 hurts so much. Some people say it doesn't hurt. I think it hurts it because hurt, it's it hurts slow. Me. Yeah. And the G6, at least my one insertion I've had, it's so quick that it's just done. Faster so when the than any device, human like, hand. Bing, done. What are you saying? I think a lot of people, I don't know what I'm saying. I think that faster is less painful. I think faster is better. Faster is better in all things. Um, so I a lot of people don't – whenever people talk about lancets, 
and I don't know if people actually do. I feel like I'm the only one who talks about it. Or James will like, someone will say something and he'll always be like, oh yeah, Craig changes his every day. And then people look at me. Hey, Julian, who I love and adore, has Lancet changed Mondays. Yeah. As a reminder, because people need them. Yeah. It's brilliant. I I don't know why people need them. I don't know why we can't just change it. It's just one more thing I don't need. That you don't need? Clearly you need it. I mean, clearly the Lancet change Monday isn't working. For me. But I think I think it works for a lot of people. Let but, me but say that on record. A right lot now. of people, and I'm speaking for other people, so I might be wrong. But maybe you know this. I think a lot of people feel the same way you do, where it's like, oh, it's one more thing. Who cares? I just don't think it already hurt. I, even but, when I do change it, it's not like it's all of a sudden I don't feel anything. I do feel really weird talking about this after I just did that, John Teal. I would. Um, I don't know. As someone who changes theirs every day, and this is my strategy. I keep my box of lances right next to my toothbrush. And so Interesting. So every morning I go to brush my teeth and I just pull out a Wait, new lancet. Wait, you really do do this every day? This every isn't single what day. James just says about you? No, I do it every day. What? At this every morning? Every morning. We should post a picture of my um Oh my god. medicine cabinet that has my toothbrush on one shelf and then underneath it it has my box of lancets. And my sharps container. I've never heard anything like this. Because I always put my sharps in sharps container. I know some people don't do that, but that just seems like the I don't even responsible have a sharps container. I know, but you don't change your lances, so what yeah. But I next? use needles. Do you ever change your needle? My pen needle. Yeah. Do you know what's crazy? I change my pen needle every time. Every time. Yeah. Unless, unless I like run out in my purse and I'll obviously reuse it. Yeah. But if I have new ones, which I do every morning, oh my God, what is wrong oh with me? God. Every morning I empty out my purse and I empty out all my old pen needles and I put a new handful in and then I use those throughout the day. Where do you keep the pen needles? The new ones? Yeah. On top of my fridge. Put a box of lancets right there. I could. Next topic. So I just do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like the advantage is that I don't have to, my thing doesn't have to be as deep, so it doesn't hurt as much. And it's like the equivalent of like trying to cut a steak with a steak knife versus a butter knife. Like you could cut it with yeah. a butter knife, but you have to really like jam it. But now that you're talking. And then what, the idea now, is that you're just hurting yourself. I right. think once you get the idea is that I'm just causing more pain. And like, yeah. do you ever get squirters? Yeah. Should we describe what a squirter is? Yeah. Many a times I poke my finger and I squeeze and multiple <laughs> holes start bleeding from my oh, finger. Oh, I don't think that's what a squirter, a squirter is. Oh, where it squirts like a every... Hole. No, but remember a when I said... I when said, it like shoots out oh, like yeah, a horror film. Yeah, multiple times. But remember I said in that photo when I had three holes bleeding in my finger yeah. at once and you said, well, that's what happens when you don't change your yeah. lancet because they don't have time to heal. But let me say this as you're talking about this. There's so, think about all the photos on Instagram or online of people showing their like their hurt fingers from it. Yeah. Is their option just like just change your lancet and then yeah, you'll 100%. be fine? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I guess what's crazy day. is we Look do have fingers. we do have 10 fingers and why am I using I never use my less thumbs, than half of them. I don't use, use my thumbs thumb. or my pointer fingers. I you, I, I wouldn't if you put fingers. a gun to my head, I would not use my thumbs or my pointer fingers. I use pointer fingers, but my pointer fingers are a little bonier. No, I if I do them, it's my three you know, outside fingers. Your okay fingers? Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're making? That you're making? I can't do you're, it. You're, what is it, the Batman? I can't do it. 
Yeah. But you only use the ones on the one hand. Well, well, 99% of the time. Yeah. Who knows? So I've never gotten a squirter. And I think it's because I'm just trying to just list all of these reasons why. He's an amazing diabetic. Why changing your lancet would improve your life more than the two it's seconds crazy a day. Too. Right, it, right, right. It costs, it change. We can time it. Let's do that later. That's you know what is crazy too? I do have like a, it's not like I'm limited on lancets. Like I have more lancets. I could probably live to be 500 and have enough lancets to change. Probably me. changing it every time. Yeah. You would still, 10 times a day. Are there people that change it every time? No. I don't think so. Well, there are people that alcohol people swab who, every time. And I know that, that probably that probably fades quickly. I, it depends. Uh, Sometimes I do it only because I always carry someone with me just because I'm not sure. Like No, but like shot. I'm no, I'm dirty, talking injection Not wise. dirty, but just, oh. Like, oh, hey, am I getting in a shot? Let me alcohol swab. So when I was on shots, I did every time. Oh, my God. The only time guys, I did I wonder all the time why Craig and I became best friends. And it kind of makes sense because I think maybe we balance each other out. But we have a, no. I have a never had a more opposite person in my life that I'm so I've, close to ever. I've never. I've met people that are opposite yeah. than me and we didn't become as close as Craig and I have become. It is really fascinating to me. The only time I've given a shot without an alcohol thing. And then like Omni, if I'm changing my like pump. Like always. Otherwise, you just like infection like in a day. That's bad. Uh, Don't do that. Okay. Let me just say I have never done that. And I was on really? the pump for over 15 years. Never and I had never got an infection. Wow. Someone I know, the first time they did it without alcohol swabbing, they had a huge infection. On I mean, their. I don't know the science behind this of why it would happen. I don't know. Did you do it like after you showered or anything like that? I no, couldn't just tell anywhere? You. Yeah. Okay. So the only time I did it was when I was doing my Spartan race last month, which I don't think we talked about on this show. Did we? Not? No, I don't think so. Um, and my pump failed. The site failed. Uh, Isn't that like when you used the pen in. that I gave you? Or yeah. is that a different race? No, that was it. Because I had asked you because I was worried it would fail. Yeah. And like an hour in, my blood sugar started going up. And I just was like, I, I turned my temp basal down. I Were you thinking the whole time, like, oh, my God, I don't have an alcohol swab. It's not going to work. No, but it's like if anyone knows anything about these like obstacle course races, like one, I was climbing up a ski slope. It was very, very hot. It was at least the 80s, if not hotter. Uh, and then you, you go through a lot of mud. So I'm just, I'm like, if there was ever a chance when I would get infected, it would be this situation where I'm like soaked in sweat and dirt okay, that's and mud. Fair. Um, but my blood sugar kept going up and I kept turning down my temp basal. And I, I didn't want to give myself a bolus because yeah. I, I, I never do that when I'm racing because I know I'm just going to, like, it's just bad news. And uh, I got to the point where like I had to and I did it. And then... My did you pump. survive? Well, so I did, and the pump, and, and and nothing happened. And I probably spent at least two or three hours of this race over 300, the good chunk of that over 350, and which was making me super dehydrated, which was also crappy because it was so hot yeah. and hard. Plus, I didn't want to eat anything 
like my whole nutrition for like energy was yeah. based on eating food. And I didn't want to take a gel that's just sugar, like essentially cake frosting, while my blood sugar was, you know, 380. Makes sense. So we climbed up the top of one hill and I was just like, I can't do this. And I just pulled up my pants or shorts. And I just gave myself like two units right into my leg. And I came down, I started to level off. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go back up. And I was worried because I figured if I didn't have basal insulin for so long, right. I was going to go high again. So then I gave myself another three units. And that ended up being too much. But I was... You sound like James at this time. I know. <laughs> it was like an hour later. And so then by the end of the race, I was actually like, fine. I like ended the race at like 160. But then by the time I like hosed myself off, uh-huh. went to the medical to change, you know, dried myself put my clothes on, went to the medical tent to get my spare pod that I had left with them so it wouldn't be sitting in the car in the heat. Smart. Because then my insulin would just be ruined. Um, and put that on, and then I was starting to feel weird. And then I like had to eat a banana and a granola bar and like a couple more granola bars. <laughs> so that's the... Uh, that's the only time I've used a pen. Without alcohol. Without alcohol. Because there was no alcohol around. So last week. Mm. Sorry. Yeah. Last episode. Uh-huh. Right. Long time ago. ago. You were talking um, about having a lot of <laughs> fluctuations and things with your blood sugars. And you were going to try and like go back to basics to like. Yeah. I was afraid you were going to bring this up. So I got an app. I think we literally said the end of the last episode, like, oh, we'll report back. And what I also said was, this is what I do where I get very motivated and I get an app and I input everything. And then I Because you were going to track your insulin on board, right? That was the big issue. Yeah. So I did it for maybe a week at most, five yeah, days. Yeah, being generous. That's giving <laughs> myself the benefit of the doubt because I really don't know. Yeah, I haven't opened the app in a very long time. Uh, I don't know what to say. So the first question. I feel like I'm in trouble. What? (laughs) Was your control better during that Honestly, I don't know (laughs) if I can say that because I – no, I don't think that knowing my insulin on board had anything to do with it. Because of my work schedule, I eat at such separate times that – Anytime I would test and be about to eat, I wouldn't have any insulin on board anyway. So I don't think that was my problem. I think many other factors were slash are my problem. Like, but I don't feel like I've had as crazy blood sugar. I think now I'm just like so used to having crazy blood sugars that it feels normal to me. Like I think before that episode, I was like on a really good streak. So I was very used to having these flat lines. And then I started getting these crazy highs and lows. And I was like, I need to get back on track. I need to get this app. And then I got it. And nothing changed, and then having these highs and lows became my normal, and I think that's where I'm at now. That's bad. I don't. I don't think it's bad. It is. How does it make you feel? <laughs> I feel like I'm on a couch at a therapy session right now. Yeah. Um, Maybe we should. I don't know. I haven't been like couch. when we do these episodes. There's always like some major thing that happened, and now 
I mean, this no, it is bad. It is bad that it's just like I've accepted that I have these nights that I can't sleep and these mm. very like extreme highs in the morning and then I'll go low in the middle of the day and it's just what it is. I don't know what it is. I haven't really, this is, look, it's been so long. I haven't really been focused. I haven't been putting all my energy into my diabetes lately. What I am is when I notice all these extreme changes. You know? Do you feel like you're... But now it's like I have more life things going on, and so my diabetes kind of just takes a backseat. Not control-wise, just like I don't care as much. Like, when, I have, when I'm, like, focused on having these perfect blood sugars, then there's a day when I don't have them. I, like, freak out, and I'm like, oh, I hate being high. But when it becomes a thing that happens every day, but there's so many other things happening in my life, I tend to focus on the other things before. Does that make sense? Do you feel like when your blood sugars when diabetes is more of a priority that you have more better days? Yes. Or do you think it's just yes. so just random? Yes. I have better days when I'm focusing on it. So where's that balance? <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen that meme where it's like when you're in a staff meeting and you don't know what to say, all you have to say is, I just think we need to find a balance. And that's like all you need to say to yeah. make sense in the meeting. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just, like I've said in every episode, it's like so weird that my diabetes control is so um, dependent on what else is happening in my life. I think everyone's is. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure. So like right now I'm just like my job schedule is changing and I've been – doing other types of work and I have like some big life changes coming up and relationship stuff. And so it's just like diabetes is the least of my I mean, concerns. I feel like if you're focusing on your blood sugars, you're more likely to catch things. Yeah. Right? So when you start like spiking, crazy. you're like, oh, I'll take that extra unit. Yeah. Or when you start dropping. I don't know. This is actually brings me eat. to another point where – there's a reason, I feel like, in my opinion, there's a reason why we have planned to record this in heaven because one of us decides not to, or both of us. But it's like, you have type 1 run and I have you're just my type, and it's just diabetes all day long, and then I get off work after working my real job and then doing you're just my type, and then I come here to record, and I'm like, literally the last thing I want to do is sit down and just talk about it. Diabetes and, burnout. And... Uh, kind of a type of burnout. What what is it called when you like focus? I don't know. I don't understand. When you like it. take something apart, deconstruct. Kind of. Yeah, like the last thing I want to do is just talk about something that I'm already so tired of thinking about. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's like so much. You know what? I've been going through this weird, weird. Uh, existential crisis. <laughs> okay. Where, like, I know, like, what it all comes down to is, like, I know that what I want to do with my life is take photos that make a difference, and it just so happened that I had this disease where it allowed me to do this, like, photos in this very niche category that no one else was doing them yet, and now people are, which is great. But I'm scared that I am... <laughs> I haven't said this out loud yet. I feel like I might be a little fearful that I'm scared that I'm missing out on other opportunities in life that I would succeed at because I'm just putting all of my energy into what I can do with diabetes. Mm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So like there what like I mean and that can go the other way too where I saw this like you're just my type is a perfect opportunity to No, actually this is what I was saying. I was saying that when I was younger I never viewed diabetes as like okay, what am I going to do? as a job while I have diabetes when I grow up. That was like never an mm-hmm. issue. It was always like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Oh, by the way, I have diabetes as well. Yeah. But then it turned into, okay, I do have this and I'm going to take advantage of this thing that I have that I can, you know, really talk about and know about and know what I'm doing. And now it's like, well, is there anything else that I could really do well at? That like I Now I feel like it is defining me in a way that I never wanted to let it in mm. a million ways because it's just everything i mean that's the thing they tell you like diabetes doesn't define you right but now i have my whole nonprofit is dedicated to type 1 diabetics and we have this podcast where we talk about type 1 diabetes how do you think and it i and i then? am interviewed on podcasts where i talk about type 1 diabetes and i do these articles for websites where i talk about type 1 diabetes and it's like so now it's like my whole life is type 1 diabetes and i do have this little sliver of it like with my relationship and being engaged in my job where i nanny feels like the smallest part of my life instead of my whole life and then diabetes is on the side Hmm. now it's like everything is just diabetes oh what have we asked we've we've talked about this too like we've asked ourselves why did we start this and the reason why you and i started anything is to help people and i think that's what keeps me going right and this is like another thing we've repeated is that the feedback that we get back from doing these projects is so overwhelming and rewarding that we know what we're doing is making a difference i still don't know if i started it to help other people or to help myself but we've i know but yeah everything you do is a little bit selfish yeah was that like a big thing i just like (laughs) i know listen because i haven't really talked about it and it's something i've been thinking about is like okay, now that I found this thing that I have and I can do, I've just been putting all of this pressure on myself and thinking like, well, how can I make this side project a career? And I was told recently by someone, which I thought was good advice, is like, if you treat it like like a a hobby, it's going to be a hobby. And if you treat it like a job, it's going to be a job. And I'm like, okay, so I need to treat your just my type like a job and like sit down and come to work on my days off and like focus on the tasks that I need to get done for it instead of just multitasking. And while the kids that I nanny for are sleeping is when I put the most energy into this project and I'm at this like weird fork in the road where it's like okay when I have my days off the only thing I want to do is relax I don't want to wake up early and like go to a coffee shop and log on to you're just my type.com and figure well, that's out the question do you want it to be a job or is it okay being a hobby see the thing is is that I th- because if it becomes a job it's going to be right now if the sliver of your life that isn't diabetes is being with your fiance. Yeah. And nannying. Yeah. Take away nannying. Yeah. I know, it's a lot. Yeah. It's going to be but all the time. Right. Yeah. So what am I supposed to do? It's like I found I something that is answer. such a bit I I don't think anyone knows the answer. I don't know the answer. I think it's such you're just my type is become more of a passion than I thought it ever would. And I think what I am doing to combat this feeling of feeling um, uh, like tur- not turned away, um, feeling like maybe it's not what I want to do as a career, I what I am focusing on is, on is other outlets where, because I do get off on helping people, like if in a very 
graceful way, <laughs> in a very ladylike way to put it. So I'm now I've been meeting with people and, um, you know, really focusing on things where it's not just me taking photos of diabetics, but it's really going out there and making a difference and traveling to new places and shedding light on things that I've never shed light on before and finding people where I love what they're doing and trying to work with them instead of being like, this is what I do and I do it by myself. And, you know, I have a very hard time relinquishing control. So mm-hmm. I don't let a lot of people help me who have offered because I uh, don't want to. Because it, my whole mindset has always been like, if I want to do it the right way, I need to do it myself. But there are these people that are doing these like amazing international, this amazing international work and helping people get supplies in other countries. And I think if I were to get more into something like that, I would feel much more fulfilled, I think. So right now it's like taking what I have built and turning it into something even bigger, but like way bigger than I ever thought. Because I'm always thinking bigger, but it's always like one step bigger. And this is like, no, what truly can you do with this platform Mm. and resources and knowledge? Wow. You know? Yeah. So it's like I do feel weird because I have been um, posting people less frequently and photographing people less frequently, but I I think I just need to listen to my body (laughs) and my mind. And so the times that I'm not featuring, like photographing people, I'm taking, I'm meeting with people who are doing things that are different than what I'm doing to see what I can do in that field too. But I think the thing with you is that it's always, even if you're not posting pictures of people, you're still always connected. Yeah. Yeah. Via the social media mm-hmm. to all of your followers. And so it's never, you're never really getting that break, even when you're not photographing people or posting things. No, but it is. A, I mean, it's more of a break than when I'm posting people every three days and doing what I was doing before. But there is always that thing in the back of my head, too, where it's like, are people going to notice that I? been posting less or posting Mm. in between, like, you know? And they probably don't notice and they probably don't care. And it's all just this thing that I've built up around myself. Yeah. But I do. I just want to do, I just want to do something bigger. And I'm not saying that what I'm not doing now. Yeah, exactly. I want to take, I never thought I'd get to the point where I am now. And now that I'm here, it's like, well, now I need more. And that's always been my personality is that I want everything and I want to do everything and experience everything and that's leaked into parts of my life where it's hithered me in hithered certain you. aspects. Yeah. But like with this and what I have with you're just my type, I think the only way to make it more fulfilling is to go bigger. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure that out right now. So is what you're saying is that it's not fulfilling right now? It's not that. It's It's more that it's I think it's helping people even more than it was before, but it's taking away from me more than it was before. Mm. Cause you don't think like everyone wants their accounts to get big and everyone wants to get more followers. But I think, and there's also a difference between, you know, personal accounts that have a bunch of followers. But I think, I mean, you know, with more followers becomes more responsibility and you know what really gets me is I have this thing that always reminds me on my Facebook is that if someone messages me and I don't feel like getting back to them right away, I get a notification that says, keep your 100% response rate right back to this person within like four hours. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
Yeah, like I, yeah, let me get back to them eventually. But I'm hearing this thing in the back of my head and I'm reading it every time I log on and then I have to write back to them and I'm like, I just need to find. And I always talk about this and then you get all these messages saying they're like, oh my God, tell Laura to take a break. And what you guys don't understand is that like, I I love what I do and I need it. Like I, what I'm but doing helps sending me. Sending Laura a message telling her to not look at messages. Telling, sending help. me a message. I, oh my God, after that episode, I was getting messages. Like you really need to take care of yourself. Just take a break if it's driving you crazy. But it's not that simple. It's like, I love what I do so much. What I'm saying is that I just want to do more in a bigger capacity. And I know that I can. And it's just like finding my next Place. Yeah, I guess the question is if you're then spending more time and energy in it, is that going to drain you even more? But I want it. Like, I don't mind being drained by something that I know will make a difference. Like, if I'm going to be drained by anything, that's what I want to be drained by. So is the issue you feel like? I just feel like I'm not doing it. plateaued with kind of. what you're just my type can do right now in its current form. Yeah, I suppose so. It, at this moment of time, there's just so many other things out there, and it, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to get carried away. Don't want to like reveal all your secrets. <laughs> yeah, but there are things. There are things that that are happening, and there. I mean, I just made ten million dollars. No, but I just made thirty-five Facebook groups in the last week for individual states, all upon request, whoever asked me for one, I made one. And you know what is so beautiful? I forget because I always think that I'm gonna get notifications like to see everything that's happening and I don't. And it might be because I'm very bad at Facebook, but when I finally get a chance to go into these groups where I think like nothing's happening and I feel like I made these for no, no reason and I waste all this time, there's already meetups happening and there's already people posting their stories and there's people making dates for coffee and there's people posting about type one run and people ask like even the decency like all these people in groups are asking me like hey do you mind if I post this and it's just like this really I couldn't believe it within like two days the stuff that was happening in these groups to join these people together and seeing how many people lived close to each other that they didn't know is like exactly why I made them. So what was the reason to make these Facebook groups? People asked me. Well, the, the number of DMs I get saying, hey, do you know anyone that lives in Portland, Oregon with type 1? And it's like, well, no, not personally. And they're like, no, well, like you have, and they're like, well, you have to have followers. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sure I do. I don't know where everyone's from. Yeah. So I was like, let me make a – I mean, I mean it started – where all of your 30,000 right. followers live? So it started with Pennsylvanians, and they – they they already had a group, so they were very it was very easy. But so I did Portland and then like fifteen people joined in the first day and everyone shared where they're from and where they live and it, just like that they made plans to meet up with each other. And so I did so then I would post their group and then they were like, Well what about this day? What mm. about this day? And I lo- I'm not like I love doing all that. But even that taking that step is like, okay, I can do more than me just going to photograph people and sharing their stories. Yeah. Like this is already bigger than I thought it would go. That's similar to the type one run story. Yeah. I don't know if we've talked about it before. I don't want to bore people with the same story. Go ahead. Well, the the idea of type one run is that a bunch of us got together and did this relay race and we had so much fun spending time in person with each other that we wanted to be we want other people to be able to recreate that everywhere. And so we started letting people just open up chapters. Mm-hmm which are also through Facebook groups, how they're organized. Though I think different chapters kind of let everyone do whatever works for them. So we have 109 groups around the world where people meet up 
and I'm in every group and I see every notification. And so every so every morning I wake up and it's like someone on the East Coast has made a poll who wants to run on these days. Mm-hmm. Someone else is like, hey, I'm having this issue. Have you done this? Someone else is like, hey, we're scheduling our first run here. Um, and it's cool because I think that one of the things, and I think we talked a little bit about this on the last episode about the social media burnout. Or yeah. maybe it was a couple episodes ago. Or every episode we've ever And I done. feel like I'm as adamant in sort of hating social media as I've mm-hmm. ever been. And I think that it's because it seems like it's really personal, but it's really not. And I feel like you don't really, because it's, it's too curated. Well, but that's part of it. But well, I also I, think that when you see people together, it's a much different experience. Right. And there's a lot of bad people on the internet. Yeah. Watch out, kids. Uh, Don't join the Facebook. The that's Facebook. a whole different story. Well, I think I, too, was being very selfish in keeping this platform that I have built to myself. Yeah. And I would actually, and I don't know what people are going to think when I say this, but when people would say, like, to make a group, I'd be like, well, why don't you just make a group? Like, I'd be like, well, you don't have any friends. Why don't you just make a group in your city and then Mm -hmm. find people? But I didn't do that. You know what I mean? I I didn't start small. I started with this major idea for a profile, and that's why people joined. I didn't start doing, like, an L.A. group when I didn't have very many followers, hoping that people would join. And I hate that I felt that way. And I hate that I even saying this out loud, being like, just do it yourself. And it's like, they don't have, <laughs> when I, <laughs> I, all I have to do is post that I started this group for Arkansas. And Arkansas had, what, I don't know, so more more members joined that group the first day than I ever imagined. It's like, they need, what, like, there's a reason that I have this, yeah. this audience and it's to help people. It's not, and I wasn't trying to keep it to myself in like a way where I wanted them for myself. It was just like, I didn't understand why people were asking me to do this because I still feel so well, because, insignificant as a also human. you have this strong network in LA. Yeah. That's hard to imagine people being in communities that don't have that. That's like true. how have they not we're found very, each other yet? Because yeah. we've all found each but other. But not in, not that thought. I didn't have the thought like, how have no. you not found each other? It was more just like, Oh, you guys all want a group? Like, go ahead and make one. And they're and they would be like, "Well, we don't know where to start." And I like didn't understand because of having this support group mm-hmm. in LA. And it's like, oh, it makes sense if I post this and all my and all the followers see it. Yeah. Then I'm gonna have much more people reach out than you would if you just started one randomly. Yeah. It's been a really uh, like amazing thing, and it's just been the last week where I've done so many. But it is a lot of work. I didn't realize that when you do 36 Facebook groups and don't have curators in them yet or uh, moderators, then I have to click on all 36 about three times Approvals. a day to accept all the member requests. But I'm getting better. There's a few moderators for some of them. But so this is just like a good touch base episode, I feel like. <laughs> They're all touch base No, episodes. but it's been so long. Yeah. No, I nothing major has happened in our lives. This is just like what's happening. Yeah. What we're thinking. I mean, more and more to your point, I don't know. I find myself What's my point again? I don't know. <laughs> more and more I find Do myself I... not on spending time on Instagram. Yeah. Looking at people's blood sugars. And I'd much rather just like 
what live your life. I don't sit online no. looking at people's blood sugars. No, I don't either. mean that. I just mean I would rather just like text one of my friends and be like, "Hey, how's life?" Like as opposed to just like seeing how my friends are living through this. This kind of how you were saying, like being defined by the disease. Mm -hmm. And I think when your Instagram name is type one Craig number four. Then you're always going to be a type you're just one Craig. Type one Craig, and then your whole, you're kind of like you're making. Basically, what you're doing is you're making your persona diabetes. Like you're fitting yourself into this diabetes persona, as opposed to diabetes just sort of being a, a little sprinkle of what you do. Mm. Like Nick Jonas, he's doing all this stuff. And then every once in a while, he, like, says okay. a diabetes thing. Does he, though? Like, once a year. <laughs> and that's it's such a small part of, like, who he is. Like, we all think of Nick Jones, and we're like, oh, yeah, the diabetic. But right. no one else. Right, thinks, right, right. Oh. You're right, because everyone I know that's not type 1 has no idea that yeah. he is. But yeah, I don't want to be the person that, like, I don't know. I come, I come home for Christmas, and like my cousin's got a new girlfriend. And he's like, "Oh, this is Craig, the diabetes podcaster." Right. I'm like, "Oh no, this is Craig. He runs and Has lives in L.A. and lives this life of sin." <laughs> oh yeah, and he also has this diabetes thing. I want that to be the small part. I don't want to be the, that to be the thing that defines right. me. Even if I, I end I'm up doing of a lot too, of things. Like yeah. That are diabetes, even if type one run and beta cell and all these other weird little things I've got my fingers in. Yeah. Are diabetes related. Like I don't want that to be me. Same. It was like everything I worked so hard not to be is what um You've become. I become. <laughs> You've become what you never wanted to be. I feel well, like that's some sort like, of like let's not word it like that. But I did try my whole villain. life to not be known as a diabetic. And now it's like, that's what I am. It doesn't bother me. I don't, I, I, that part doesn't bother me. It's just more like for myself. I don't care if other people view me as that. It's just that I don't want to view me as it's the life diabetic and I have this diabetic job. And, and that goes into like both, like you were saying, managing blood sugars. Yeah. As well as like what you do. And lately, I've liked coming home from work and cooking dinner and then watching an episode of TV on the Netflix. Oh my God. And then I go to bed, and it's like I don't have to yeah. go online and like 40 posts and well, comment you know that 20 phrase, times. You know that phrase where it's like who you are, like who you surround yourself with defines who you are kind of thing? Yeah. Don't you think it's like what we fill our heads with defines who we are too? In a way. We it's like you're all day, you're scrolling on Instagram. Yeah. About on type 1 diabetes accounts. Do you think you that's going to like affect like a little a, bit how you talk and act? And Yeah. Right? I don't yeah. know. I could be wrong. I could be delirious. I haven't slept because my blood sugars have been crazy every day. Yeah, I don't know. Jinx. Is that how we end the episode? Because you can't talk anymore. Yeah. You just broke it. Oh, shit.
That's it for this week's episode. Out of Range is a production of Beta Cell and is produced by me and Laura. Craig does all of our recording and editing. Subscribe to Beta Cell wherever you listen to podcasts to get Out of Range downloaded automatically onto your phone every week. Love what we do? Support us on Patreon and we'll send you some swag. Visit betacellpodcast.com forward slash supporters for more info. Should we like send people We a say free this Lancet? every time. Yeah, we'll send you a Lancet. But you have to pay for shipping. <laughs> yeah. If you subscribe, we'll send you a Lancet. <laughs> a few. A few? Yeah. I guess I have a lot. I have a ton. First five people, I'll send a whole box. There you go. Of a hundred. But you have to have Motivation. A, you have to have a one touch delica. Oh my god. I'll send you some one drop. Just, just get a little hodgepodge of we should get okay. some other people who don't change our lances to donate some. Great. You get a you Oh my god. I <laughs> It's going to be like a... It's the longest fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Craig. I'm Laura. And this is Out of, Out of Range. Range.